0: I'm back in Europe and ready for summer again because I had my first summer this year already down under New Zealand. That's where I spent the first four months of 2019, escaping European winter like a migrant bird. That's what I do every year. Welcome to my podcast, to my new show. I'm your host, Kat, and in this first episode, I will talk a bit about my story, how I got to where I am today, living a freedom lifestyle, what this means to me, why it's more than just hanging out at the beach, and why I think that living a more freedom-filled and conscious life is so important for all of us. Just a few weeks ago, we got back from New Zealand and it was another very good season with lots of hanging out at the beach, hanging out with dear friends, with surf and sun and ocean swims and exploring new tracks around our beautiful mountain. You see, lots of time spent in nature, soaking up all its beauty and good energy. And man, if I can walk barefoot on the beach every day, I'm happy. That's That's it. I don't need anything else, seriously. So um, people who are familiar with my story in my life, they know my rhythm. I'm off around December, January, and I'm back early May. That's my rhythm. That's my life. And that's how it's been for the past eight years now. Every year I go to New Zealand for about three to six months. And until this season, I've lived in a guest house over there. A familiar one, but still you run into a lot of new people and travelers each year. And they would ask me, are you here on holidays? And I remember the first years living this rhythm, I tended to give these complicated answers. Something along the lines, not really a holiday, but yes, kind of time off. An extended vacation maybe? Explaining how I do it. These days my answer is simple. I live here. I live here part of the year full stop. Because that's what I do. I live here and enjoy life. I can wholeheartedly say that now. Following summer, over the past years, New Zealand has become my second home. It's it's truly like a second home. When we, I say we because I'm traveling with my partner. So when we Go over there when we arrive there. It's like coming home. There will there's always someone picking us up from the airport. This year, even we had um, we were so lucky that a friend of ours she was driving down from Auckland, so we didn't even have to jump on the domestic flight down to to our final destination. So it's really like coming home. We have lots of friends there. We have our car there, and this whole infrastructure, social infrastructure. For me, it probably all started 10 years ago with a regular holiday. It was a four-weeks holiday, I have to admit that, and it wasn't to the amusement of my, it was not at all to the amusement of my former boss, but I got that holiday, and that was the first time I entered this beautiful country. But it wasn't until one year later that I finally set things into motion. In summer 2010, I quit my job, and I started traveling. So I quit my job in a communications agency in Berlin. After four years, I was kind of, yeah, actually, I was kind of drained. And probably I was at the edge of a burnout. I, in a, in hindsight, I, I think it was like that. So I quit my job and I went traveling. And beginning of 2011, I got to New Zealand on a working holiday visa. Classic scenario. I worked in a cafe and I stayed several months. And eventually I had to go back to Europe. But being back in Europe, it felt kind of unfinished business. I don't know what it was, but something told me you have to go back. I mean, I had a car in New Zealand at that point already. I had a car, there was all my stuff in it. So it was actually kind of unfinished business, but there was something more to it. In Europe, 2011 was also my first year of self-employment. When I Got back from New Zealand, I felt I couldn't go back to a permanent position because what I just tasted, this freedom, this time freedom, the self-determined time, I didn't want to let go of that, or at least not yet. So I decided to work on a self-employed basis. And luckily, my former agency, the communications agency, Um, I basically grew up in. They hired me for several months and at the end of that project I went back to New Zealand. And since then pretty much I've been living this rhythm of summer, summer and this life split between Europe and New Zealand. Changing between different rhythms of life, one clearly in nature, the other a city life where I'm trying to not get too absorbed by the urban craziness. But it was also a change role-wise or a lot of the times it is a change role-wise. It's changing between surfer girl and businesswoman as a friend of mine put it so perfectly. So being back in Europe I exchanged my flip-flops for my high heels and I got back to business and at first it felt good. It was kind of a good feeling. I could feel how I was dragged into that workflow again but in a good way. Um, I was doing things. I was good at i was comfortable i was comfortable in so at first it was a good feeling but eventually came the point where i was going hold on a minute i'm doing something here i'm not really conscious about i have to think about this so i was getting and building up this awareness that's becoming more refined every year About things that I do and things that I intentionally do and things that I maybe don't really want to do. So what started as a self-employment in a pretty traditional work setting, you know, I was self-employed but still sitting in an office nine to five. That evolved into something more free and much more flexible over the past years. So initially starting with time freedom, time freedom was complemented by more and more location freedom, eventually to where I am today, where I work pretty much when and how much I want and mainly remotely. All in all, I'd say around four to five months a year and that's it. To sum it up, I can say that this surfer girl spirit has grown and developed and I try to listen to it the best I can because I know that this is who I really am. I've evolved my sense for freedom and my longing for it. And the more I live it, the more I want it. The more you taste it, the more you see that it can be real. Maybe you've experienced something similar. For example, running or another kind of sports. You feel this totally awesome feeling while you're running and the more you do it, the more you want it because it lets you express who you really are or it gives you exactly this, a feeling of liveness and freedom. So the more I was living my lifestyle, my freedom lifestyle, the more I wanted it. And to me, it seems that it gets stronger every year. Every year, I feel more in my power to live it. And as I just mentioned, back in Europe, in back in the agency life, I got into that workflow and it felt good to a certain point because I was doing things I was comfortable at and I did what I was good at. And of course, it's charming to hear your boss or other people telling you, hey, you're doing a really good job and don't you want to take over this project or that project? It's balsam. It's feeding your ego. But it's, um, but before you realize you're in this colorful red race again, eventually turning into a black hole. And luckily, eventually, I would notice, oh, my God, that's not what I want. I don't want to sit in an agency 9 to 5 or rather 8 to 7 and do work, work, work. That's not what I want. That's not what's making me happy. So where I am today, having all this time freedom in my life, location freedom, but also freedom on a broader level and way less stress compared to eight, nine years ago and maybe even a few years ago. That's been a process. That's been, that is a process and it is a constant reassessment. Saying this, quitting my permanent job in Berlin in 2010 was a crucial first step for me to get where I am today. But the place in the life I'm now in is the product of a process and of, of all those past years. It's asking myself where I want to be in life on a regular basis. It's like checking in with yourself regularly. How do I feel? Am I content? Am I where I want to be? Am I spending my time the one I sp- the way I want to spend my time? It's asking yourself the real and often difficult questions, the ones that often get lost along the highway of our busy lives. And as I said, I had to remind myself and ground myself in between. And luckily, there were instances and places and people along the way that helped me find back to my center, to what I really wanted. And no doubt, New Zealand's been a big part of that It served and serves me as a yearly reminder. It's a grounding place for me, a place of recalibration, a place that puts everything into perspective again. I want to become a bit more specific on what I mean by living a freedom lifestyle. For example, I hear a lot of people talking about living a freedom lifestyle by being a digital nomad. That surely can be a version of a freedom lifestyle, but for me it's connected to so much more. To nature, for example, a deeper relationship with nature and a return to natural solutions. It's connected to a simpler life, a more minimalist way of living. It's connected to what and how I eat and to how I generally perceive the world. Walking barefoot on the beach or just sitting outside and stopping and breathing for a moment and listening to the birds... Caring less about clothes or other material things and focusing on the moments. That's really what a freedom lifestyle means to me. It's a way of thinking and living. You know what they say about the surface: Surfing. It's not just a sport, it's a lifestyle. And I think that's very true for my lifestyle as well. Maybe it even is a surfer lifestyle. Actually thinking about it, that would be pretty cool, (laughs) but you can judge. Take time freedom, for example. Often it goes together with location freedom. So when you hear people talking about time freedom, they often mention location freedom in the same sentence, and it makes total sense. But when it comes to my everyday, time freedom for me is independent of my location, it doesn't matter if I'm in Vienna or if I'm in Berlin or if I'm traveling in Indonesia. It's independent of that. What I mean by that is that I like to have my everyday in a certain way, in a way that fills me up and that makes me happy. For example, I turned into a morning person. If you've known me a few years ago, you would have thought, oh, never, ever. I was a night owl and I'm... I was really grumpy in the mornings. I mean, I still can be grumpy, but I usually wake up with a smile. So I've really come to love the morning. And part of my life now and what makes time freedom a true luxury for me is that I can have this time in the morning for myself. It's the time of day where everything is clear and fresh and it's also the time I discovered it's the time of day when I'm most um, when I'm naturally most creative and I have my best energy and that's why I really want to harvest this time seize this time and make the most of it all year round every day and not just a few weeks a year and that's why I'm really cultivating my morning. I'm making room for it consciously. And that's what I mean by living freedom as a lifestyle. It's really creating this constant space or this constant potential that lets you live your everyday in a way that you want. Creating space, creating that room, that space for yourself, that's really at the core. It's about creating space to breathe, to live, to thrive, both in a very literal and in a more abstract sense. It's about freeing yourself from restrictions. It's freeing yourself from full schedules, from suffocating furniture, from toxic food or from whatever clutter it is in your life. It's about making room and opening up opportunities for example, at home in Vienna, we don't have a lot of furniture. We don't have a proper dining table and we, have, we don't really have chairs actually. But what we have is a lot of space to stretch out on on the floor and heaps of yoga mats to sit on. And seeing this space in our home is something so freeing. It's space you can use and you can evolve in. And that's something so beautiful, I think. So living this lifestyle is really freeing yourself from stuff and from limitations. And it's getting back into your own power. I, I really do. I firmly believe that a freer and more self-determined way of living is so good for all our health and for our happiness and that it holds such a vast potential for the better. That's why I want to start with a series of episodes on the topic of, you guessed it, freedom lifestyle, because I feel that when I tell people how I live my life, there's often some kind of resistance to it. People find it fascinating what I do. They like to hear how I live and they love to look at all these beautiful pictures. They love to look at the beach pictures from New Zealand. They're really curious, but they don't see how it could work for them. In Europe, probably more than in New Zealand. And that made me wonder. I wondered how I could inspire or how I could bring a more freedom-filled life to you guys out there. And in New Zealand, I'm surrounded by so many inspiring people, all living their version of a freedom lifestyle. It's really totally contrary to my European life, where everything's very structured. So guys from Europe listening, from Germany and from Austria, they probably now know how it is here. It's all very structured. It's a lot of people work 9 to 5 and even freelancers they are often in this 9 to 5 environment and pretty much location based whereas in New Zealand I face a whole other environment it's way more flexible people have less less work structure but i mean this in a in a in a positive sense So they make way more room for living their passions. For example, I see so many windsurfers living their passion and building their life around that because that's the important thing for them and everything else comes secondary, kind of. So they have flexible working hours or try to get flexible working hours just to be able to live their passion. And there are also so many people who work in a way that's not that's not structured or boxed in in any ways one of my mates for example he does um he repairs surfboards and he does that during summer and on the north island in new zealand and during winter he's off to the south island snowboarding and i think that's so cool because he totally does what he loves and he makes the money he needs and then he's off again to enjoy life. Or take my friend Ayo. She is a super creative whirlwind. She is one of my first podcast guests as well. And she's leading this unconventional life. She's here and there. She's working as a massage therapist, as a writer and energy worker. And there's so much going on. And when you first meet her, you probably can't grasp her because she's so out of the box and I'm I'm so happy to have her on the show and I'm so excited for you to meet her so in New Zealand going back to what I what I said in New Zealand I'm surrounded by all these inspiring people including my very own freedom lifestyle gurus or role models and that's why I thought how cool would it be Be to show you different versions of lifestyles. So over the course of the next weeks and months, I'm going to interview people from all over the world, people who live unconventional and driven by a quest for freedom, who say fuck hard but live longer and who live their life to the fullest, salt in their hair, time at hand, free in their minds. Hopefully inspiring you... No matter where you are, no matter who you are, it doesn't matter which age you are, if you have a family or not, if you are based in one place or if you travel. Simply showing that there are so many more ways to live out there and that you're not stuck to a certain framework or tied to certain social expectations. And I'm starting with people like you and me. People who don't have a million followers on Instagram, who are not exceptionally rich and who are not famous. They purely inspire by following their heart. And that's something that I find highly inspiring myself. Seeing that in others, that's what keeps me going too. That's what motivates me to keep doing what I do and to not let go of that.